Hello, and welcome to the TVNT podcast. I'm Adriana. And I'm Selena. And we are two sisters that have decided to let the internet into the conversations that we have about TV and pop culture over endless cups of tea. In our house, the reoccurring questions are Is it tea time? To which the answer is always yes. yes. And what are we watching? So pour yourself a cup and get ready to get into it. Hey guys! What's up everyone? Adrian and Selena back at it again. Back at it again <laughs> with another episode. <laughs> yes, and I'm super excited to get into this one. We're not going back to Netflix yet. We'll get back to it, but there's so many other shows going on. <laughs> so many other shows and just so much going on. I feel like we're recording this on like a weird day mm-hmm. and you know, we're about to start a new week. We're about to go yes. into another week of quarantine. Oh god. Officially we're at like week 7. Yeah. About to start week 7 or week 6. I I'm think actually... week 6 actually. You know what? Yeah, it actually is week six. It's a month and a half in. And so, you know, there's just, that has its own set of feelings. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Is your quote turbulent? (laughs) Because we both can't be turbulent in this episode. What's your quote? Okay, my quote of the week, just how I'm feeling, it comes from the iconic show that not a lot of people watch. I feel like not a lot of people watched it, but we loved it. Mm-hmm. The Scream Queens. Oh my gosh. Why are we the same person? So Michael <laughs> is Emma Roberts as well, but not from Scream Queens. Oh. Like another show, but I almost did a Scream Queens quote. Okay. So I used uh, Chanel Oberling, which is played by Emma Roberts. And she says at one point, what fresh hell is this? And what was just- that? That's just how I feel right now. I just, I know I'm complaining about quarantine and I know that's like not the vibe. We want to be positive and uplifting Mm -hmm. and just give an outlet. But like, honestly, what the actual fuck? (laughs) Like, I just, you know, this week I cracked again. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Once a week I crack and like every week I do something drastic. Like two weeks ago, I joined Bumble. Last week I took off my acrylics in a panic. Like... On Friday, I got drunk at like seven o'clock by myself, like in the kitchen. And then when we were going to watch a movie, I was like very drunk and fell asleep. And <laughs> That's it was just, right. I was just, I just keep cracking. And so here we are. And I'm just like, what is this week gonna bring? What fresh hell is mm-hmm. this week gonna bring? Like the news yesterday, I just that we got as a family. I just, I'm just not here for any of this. Like I'm over quarantine. (laughs) I'm over it. I'm over it too. I feel like everyone is getting to a breaking point and it has like been a rough week for us. We got some bad news, but like I still don't get how we're the same person. That was almost my quote. That is so funny. That was almost my (laughs) quote, Adriana, and I mean it. (laughs) (laughs) But my quote for this week is actually Emma Roberts in American Horror Story Season 3 of Coven. She says, Surprise, bitch. Bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. (laughs) (laughs) And I just love that quote. I use it for everything. Surprise, bitch. Like, bet you thought you weren't going to see me again, you know? And I'm using that quote to describe my quarantine depression. She's back. She's back. Full force. (laughs) 
I really thought she was gone. Last episode, I told you guys I was feeling hopeful. so hopeful. I was doing great. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling the worst right now. It's awful. And you yeah. know what it is? It's the nails. It's my nails. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, first of all, I text I text my lash girl. Shout out to her, Minked by Mars, at least once a week. Updates on my lashes. And I'm just like, hey girl, like I miss you. You know, my lashes are like almost gone now. I can't wait to see you again. I hope you're doing well. Stay safe, wear masks. I have no contact with my nail girl, but if I did, I'd be like, what do I do? Lila! I, I, I don't know. I don't, like, it's just, it's You're on the brain. You guys, I literally have not had natural nails in three years. Yeah. So cutting my acrylics and having to relearn how to use my hands without them. Oh my God, isn't that the worst? For like yes. a week, I was like texting like an idiot because my <laughs> nails just, I was like, what's wrong with my hands? Like, who are these baby hands that I'm like trying to get adjusted to? It's crazy. Literally cut down my six week old acrylics and i'm just over it i'm done with it let's get into the show (laughs) oh Oh my god so today (laughs) so turbulent yes (laughs) but let us know if you guys can relate you know we're all in this together we're all in this together (laughs) i'm i'm taking every piece of advice i can i'm just trying to find things that i'm enjoying and like trying to find small wins you know (laughs) Small moments of happiness. Oh, gosh. Small, like, nuggets of joy. We need to start going outside again. I think today was really gloomy and it put us in, like, a weird space. I know. It was really gloomy. Yeah. And, but you know what? Tomorrow, I think the nails, we're going to do our nails. Okay. We're going to get it together. I'm taking out my braids tonight. I'm going to, like, deep condition my hair. I'm I'm not going to look like such a ball of just... (laughs) Just what do I look like? I look like, if I could describe myself right now, I look like the cover of like Meek Mill's first album with that like <laughs> fuzzy hair little kid photo of him. Oh no, Adriana. I just, I look awful. <laughs> we need something. We're going to get it together. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a day. We might just have like a little quarantine party. We didn't have a quarantine party this week. No, but like tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get it together. (laughs) But anyways, let us jump right into this week. Tell us your thoughts. How are you feeling? Like, let's commiserate on... Not well, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) There's another quote. There's another quote from Queen Dorinda on The Real Housewives of New York. Love her. Okay. (laughs) So let's jump into what what the meat and potatoes of today's episode is going to be. And we're going to finish off our conversation about... Little fires everywhere. Yes. The last episode dropped. The last episode dropped and we devoured it. Oh and gosh. I have so many thoughts. You share your thoughts first. Wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Wow, Bethany, wow. Like, I cried. I didn't cry, but okay. So let's start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the beginning? Okay, like, one one thing that stood out for me is Moody mm-hmm. getting beat up by his brother oh for confronting gosh. him about, um... Pearl! He about stole his Pearl. girl! But he didn't steal her, because he wasn't... That wasn't her man. Like, I... you know, he didn't try to make it official. All he did was, like, buy her a little notebook, and he felt entitled to her. And what he, he... Izzy 
said to him when she was when he was clearly upset was like totally right. She said, you don't deserve her just because you like her. And that is like, that just sums up the friend zone to mm. me. And like every quote unquote nice guy feels that they are just entitled to every single person that they come across that they like just because they're nice. Like what about connection? What about chemistry? What about like being the type of person that somebody likes? And yes, but in theory, if you stole the guy that I liked, I'd be mad as fuck. Well, obviously he was, I mean, he could be in his feelings, but I don't, I do think she was like 100% correct in calling him on that because you just don't get the girl because you like the girl. Like, you know, there's a whole other, there's so many other factors that go into two people getting together. This is true. And I just feel like that was like the beginning of his incel journey. (laughs) His what? Incel. <laughs> what is that word? Like an incel is like a, a man that is usually not attractive and has very like um, aggressive uh, and why misogynistic. Does... Yeah, um, I was about to say, why does that sound like a rapist? Like misogynistic views towards women. It's like those those men on online that they have like those basically like hate groups against <gasps> women and they talk about all of their relationship struggles and the fact that they don't have like intimate relationships and they try to blame it on the fact that they might not fit into the mold of like what a a beautiful person is. (gasps) Don't say that about Moody. But I just feel like in that moment, that's okay. So this is the thing. Like guys like Moody grow up and they're like that one bitch, she broke my heart and now I'm going to treat all you other bitches like the dirt that you are. And it's like, Sir, that was one girl. Yes, like, maybe she didn't treat you 100% correct. But, like, that's not a reason for you to become a psychopath and treat every other woman that you come in contact with with such disdain and, like, vile behavior. I understand what you're saying, but, like, Moody as a character, I don't think he'll go all the way there. No, I don't think I so think, either, yeah, but I, in that moment, hurt. I was like, I'm getting incel vibes. Oh, like, no. I don't like this for him. So I really did appreciate Izzy, like, setting him straight, because I think he needed to hear that in that moment. You just, you just don't get everything you want mm-hmm. just because you want it, especially not people. You're not entitled to people. You're not entitled to their emotions, and they're, like reciprocity Mm -hmm. so i mean this episode was really about the kids though and i love how last episode we were like oh i love how their storylines are just about like coming of age and like they're so fun and fresh and cute this episode they went full-on 90s white kid i'm gonna kill my mom (laughs) is that bad to say Uh, maybe (laughs) we can delete that part no it's fine (laughs) you know it's um yeah, they did. They they really did. Like, the fact that Izzy's reaction to, what was it? The abortion news? I don't think it was the abortion what news. What set her off? I think it was the way her dad spoke to her. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. like, you don't just get to, to leave. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't just get to not participate and not live life just because you don't like it he's like tough it out yeah i thought that was really like she needed to hear that also she is a baby in in a lot of ways like she is the youngest and i think she's the most neglected and um 
you just don't get everything. Everything is not going to come easy. And I think that's a harsh reality that a lot of people face. Some people sooner, some people later. And in that moment, he was like smacking her in the face with reality at a time where she already felt alone. Because mm-hmm. Mia and Pearl had had left. Yeah. And she was blaming her mother on that. She, you know, her mother had cut her out of the family photos. She found yeah. them in the garbage. You know, it was just like a lot of things coming at her. And that moment she snapped and was like, I'm going to burn this down. I don't think she wanted to burn the house down. I think she just wanted to burn up all of the stuff. Yeah. She put all the stuff on the bed. She put the gas and she was going to burn that. The, her siblings took it a little further and were like, we're burning the house down. I know. that. You was... know, with mom inside. I'm glad they decided to wake Elena up yes. and like save her so she didn't burn down in the Obviously. house. Obviously. But yeah, that was just really insane to me. They all came to a breaking point and were like, we just needed... We just need to do something. Yeah. And I guess burning down the house was it. And the house really did symbolize their entire life. The dynamic of their life. This perfect world that they really disliked and wanted to break away from in the end. Yes. And I think in so many ways it symbolized like a fortress for them. Mm -hmm. You know, the house was everything that their parents had built. Everything. The world that they had created for their kids. And burning that to the ground really symbolized them breaking out of the molds that they've put themselves in, that their parents have put themselves in, and, you know, giving themselves a fresh light. Like, when Mia is talking to Izzy, and she's talking about the time when, after she had Pearl, and she was watching the wildfires, and, you know, just seeing that you could completely burn something down to the ground and that you're able to re- like re- rebirth yourself and new gro- new growth is able to come from that because it is just completely wiped clean and i think that little monologue was the the lead up to mm-hmm. the actual fire beautiful moment and i think that moment would have hit different and better in a book and this is, I guess, a critique of, like, a book-to-television translation. I feel like in the show, it's kind of like, ay, que dramatico. Like, this girl, <laughs> the fire cleansing. Like, we get it. You know, you're artsy. You're, you're edgy. <laughs> you're not supposed to say it literal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the book, I feel like that would be a really good moment. But in the show, it just kind of seemed like overkill. Oh, for sure. Like, all of this is complete theatrics. Mm -hmm. Like, complete ridiculous theatrics. So, yes, completely. I agree. But I did like that moment that I... Because I felt like that connected, for me, the first episode with the last. Like, Mm -hmm. that moment of of thinking, really, that Izzy was going to be the person that, that burned it all down and seeing that idea kind of planted and mm-hmm. then seeing how it played out where she was almost the light the light to start the fire but the rest of her siblings took that on fully mm-hmm. um i really liked that moment yeah but can we talk about bb chow stealing her baby back oh my god uh those poor parents that my thing is like her. uh hi police uh, immigration, ICE, where the fuck are you? Like, why isn't this woman in custody? Why isn't she being deported? Does she now have a work visa? Like, I just don't understand the logistics of the immigration stuff, especially because our, our mom is an immigration attorney. Yeah. So this hits kind of close to home because this is like what she does. And I'm just like, logistically, this would never happen. Like, we know people that have been 
arrested, gone through the legal system, and been deported. And, like, this would never go down. You're not going to go file suit and then be let out and then just after coming here illegal and illegally and not having any pay like I don't understand how she's working she was in the process of filing for I think residency and that's why yeah she was in the process so I think that's why they let her stay Mm. maybe maybe the laws were different back then I mean we would have to fact check that I don't know how accurate the show is I know I'm sure it's like they've taken some leeway but like for me logistically I was like this makes no this sense, make when, sense. where's ice <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just mm-hmm. I'm like this woman needs to be deported like mm-hmm. <laughs> come on yeah I mean I didn't like that part at all that ending for me was not satisfying because I feel like Mirabella mailing, would have had such, like, a much better life with, you know, the adopted parents and BB Child being selfish and stealing her away. Like, it just, it didn't, it, we talked about this. We did not think yeah. she should have been um, allowed custody. So, I don't, that ending yeah. was just not satisfying at all. But I guess, like, that's one of the tragedies of the story mm-hmm. is that she is selfish and stealing her daughter away just like, um... What's her name? Pearl. Scandal. M- Mia. Yeah, just how Mia stole Pearl away. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. I felt, I was devastated mm-hmm. for that family. Like, yeah. I was, I was really sad for them. And when she wakes up and she hears the baby kind of, like, move, I was like, oh. girl, get out of bed. And then her fucking husband. You're like, always the man. Like, <laughs> why did I think that? I was like, that is why you never listen to your dumb and clueless husband. Oh, my God. I thought the same thing. I was like, of course, the man is like, relax, let herself to self suit. That's a baby. No, girl, go check on your baby. You would have bucked up on her. And like, you would still have, I don't know. I was just, I was so frustrated. I was so mad for her. I was so devastated. Like, so mad. she is probably like, I'm sure like, she's gonna kill herself. She's like, a basket case. She's a basket case. Like, it's just de- like the devastation there is just too much Mm -hmm. i i couldn't even imagine it but let's talk about how the other things ended did you like how me and pearl made up and left and went to go see the grandparents i thought that was nice i like i like that too i thought that was like a nice resolution for them because it's like they're all they have Mm -hmm. you know he's she's not gonna go live with this quote-unquote father that she's never met yeah at 16 years old and le- abandon her mother. That just would never happen. Mm-hmm. And as, as mad as she might be, like, there's ways to, like, bridge those gaps. Mm-hmm. I liked Mia's character development in the last episode. She finally comes clean. She finally starts living an honest life with Pearl. And I feel like that's what Pearl really needed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what brought them closer together because their relationship was strained this entire series. Yes. Yeah. So I like how that ended up. I agree. I think I think she was able to leave a lot um in the town. What was the town called? Whatever the town Shaker. is. Shaker. Shaker Heights. Movers and Shakers. <laughs> I I think the whole art piece and then you know shooting it and you know completing that project. And then moving into, like, living in the truth of what 
her whole life is and coming clean to Pearl. I do think in so many ways she like was rebirthed for herself. Like she could face herself finally. She mm-hmm. could face her decisions. She could face her life. And she did. She wasn't living in the shadows so much anymore. And I, I, I like that moment. And I like that now Pearl has an opportunity to like, you know, maybe form a friendship with her mm-hmm. father. Maybe go in, like, be a part of their that other family's life in some regard. Because I think, you know, you might be upset, but, you know, so much time has passed, you know, they might be able to, like, work something out. Like, I think there's a way to, like, bridge the gap, especially when children are, like, adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because it's been so long. Like, that family yeah. is so over the anger and I think now so. I think they would just want to fill that void of, yeah, we do have a daughter out there. I would just love to have something with her. Yeah. So I, I did. I, I liked how that story ended up. Mm-hmm. How did you like that Izzy is with them? Izzy's not with them. What do you mean? Oh my gosh. Did you not get that last part of the show? What? <laughs> she's dreaming that she's hitchhiking and she gets in the car with um, Izzy and Mia, but then she wakes up from the dream on a bus alone. Did you not catch that? Did I not catch that? Mm-hmm. That's why it looked so bright and foggy. That was a dream. And she woke up and she was on the bus alone. Because why would Izzy be on a bus, but then they're driving? You see? They're not together. Oh, that's true, because she wasn't in the car when they got to the grandparents' house. I was mm-hmm. confused. I think I looked down to text and I mm-hmm. was like, what's going on? No, that is a part of the show you cannot miss. Izzy runs away. She's completely on her own. Yes, I know. I saw that. And then she was hitchhiking. And then they, she bucked up on the car. And I was like, this is just way too convenient. Like, I don't like this. Like, I was like, this is way too, like, too much. No, that was literally a dream. Izzy's alone. Um, I don't think Izzy's character development is done. They definitely left that open for season two. But the character development that I do want to talk about is Elena's. When she goes into the house, she's looking for Iggy. Izzy. Izzy. She sees the art piece uh-huh. and she finally calls her Izzy instead of Isabel. Something clicked for her. Yeah. Um, Elena, I mean, this episode was tough for her. She yeah. had a lot of truths that she was not prepared to face smacked in her face. Like, when she's, like, accusing Pearl of getting an abortion and... It's your daughter, It's girl. like, girl, you don't even know what's going on over there. Like, you don't know what's going on in your house, honey. Yeah. You know, she... And even when um, that daughter... What's her name? The one Lexi. That got, Lexi. Even when Lexi confronts her and she's like, mom, I'm not perfect. And she's like, yes, you are. Like, she can't even, like, face the reality of her actions. Mm-hmm. um so yeah so disillusioned but i'm glad that elena was finally able to realize the way that she treated her daughter wasn't good and it really comes full circle with her finally calling her izzy mm-hmm. you know i i really liked that moment but let us know what you guys thought of the show season two and also i really liked for elena at the very end where she took responsibility for the fire to the yeah. cop me too. I thought in that moment she was not, she was like, in her head she was like, I am the reason why this is has all come crashing down. You know, she, Bill confronts her about 
the, the, the ex. affair. And, you know, she's faced with her kids all being just... All hating her. All hating her. All having their own set of issues. And she's faced with, like, every decision that she's made up to that point has led to her entire life crashing down and her needing to start over and take responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. Like, she's no longer within the bubble of that house, her, and anything else that yeah. are the the details of her life. How about her plan? Like, the biggest part of her character was her plan. And she got to a point where she made it. She has the house. She has the husband. She has the kids. She has the job. She has it all. But it all just comes crashing down around her. Like, no, your plan is not always going to be foolproof. And yeah. your perfect looking life actually is killing you. It can kill you. It almost yeah. did. Yeah. I felt bad for Bill, of course. Because, I mean, he's just, he didn't do, any, he really didn't do anything yeah. wrong. And it's like his, everything he's worked for and provided for this family has God. burned to the ground. Like, burned. poor Bill. To a crisp. And, yeah, but I did like that in the end that Mia, I mean, Elena did take responsibility for everything and was like, this is on me. Mm-hmm. I like that yeah. a lot. Really good ending and close up for her. But what yeah. do you think? Season two? I don't know. I feel like that's all it needs. I don't like when people, like, I don't like when shows are supposed to be limited series and they've closed up a story. Oh, is it a limited series? It's a, It's only one book. Oh, but I mean, I feel like they really left it open. I don't know if that's how the book ends. We should probably check that out. Well, in the book, I know the kids don't burn down the house. Like, there's an alternate ending in the book. Oh. The show was done differently. So you never know. They just might because I feel like the show did do really well. And they really did close it off in a way where they could make more. So I I don't know. I guess we'll see. I don't know. I like when books, like, when they make a a, a a book into a show and they actually end it. Like, just keep it a limited mm-hmm. series. So, like, something can be short and sweet. Yeah. I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. That was just my thought when things end like that. Mm, I guess. I don't know. But I guess moving on. But let us know what you think. How did you enjoy the series? Mm-hmm. We really enjoyed it. Yeah. What would you give it overall? Um, I think I would give it a solid nine. Yeah. It was a really good show. Yeah. A solid nine. Solid nine. That sounds good. Minus one for the dramatics and, um, Carrie Washington overacting next. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Love ya girl, but you know. You're doing too much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. So let's jump into... One of our favorite shows. I named this as one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Yes. That we love to watch and are just completely obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And that is none other than Married at First Sight. <laughs> the beautiful train wreck that we love to watch. The season just concluded. And I think this was the best season they've had oh as my far God. as like drama and entertainment. But the worst season because no one's together. So it was so problematic from the very beginning. But we knew that going in. Like Mm -hmm. from the matchmaking special, the first episode. Okay, let's backtrack for a sec. Yes. Married at First Sight. 
let's tell you what it is. Mm -hmm. It is a reality show. It's on Lifetime. We are now in the seventh, no, the tenth season. It's season ten, yeah. The tenth season. We have watched every single season of this show. Mm -hmm. And they have a team of experts interview and go through analysis and personality assessments and surveys and all of these kind of like assessments of people and they are placing them together in legally binding marriages. They are checking for, you know, compatibility, um, you know, your preferences and taste and trying to fit you with somebody that they think that you will have a successful lasting marriage with. Yes. These people get matched and they don't meet and date. They literally meet at the altar. They say their vows. They get married and then they start their journey. And Lifetime documents this entire process. It lasts for eight weeks. Mm -hmm. And then after that, the experts come to them and ask them if they want to stay married or get a divorce at the end of the show. And, you know, usually... I can't even say usually because every season is different, but there are some seasons where all of the couples are so successful and they end up staying together. They get married. They have kids. It's great. They stay married, I should say. And then this season, all of them were just like, yeah, we hate each other. Yeah. (laughs) This season was a lot. They've had, they had the most couples they've ever had. Mm -hmm. Five couples this year. Too much in my opinion. Too many, I think. I think they kind of forced it and you can tell because some of the matches never made sense from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to talk about every couple? Let's go down the list of couples, you guys, because these people are even like we're not experts and I feel like we wouldn't match these people. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, Let's start with Katie and Derek. That was couple number one. Mm -hmm. Derek, uh, they were a young couple. Mm Mm-hmm. They seem to match each other physically from the very beginning. Yes. They seem to be uh, on the same page as far as, like, vibe. Yeah. Like, you know, you got a general feeling like this is the kind of girl that he would go for and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, but one red flag that always stood out for me with Katie was that she was still in love with her ex. Okay, literally from episode one, we meet Katie. She's like 24 years old, one of those girls that just wants somebody. She just wants to like get married and have kids and be like a mom at home. Yeah. And she's still in love with her toxic ex that literally texts her before the wedding, I still love you. Yeah. And obviously that sets her off from the beginning going Mm -hmm. into this relationship, right? And then we have Derek, her husband, who has never been in love. Ever. And this is also a problem because when Katie needed that reassurance throughout the marriage, he couldn't give it to her. Yes. Yeah. They were on very different pages as far as how they saw each other living life. Like, Katie is a hyper-realistic person. She wants to live in reality. Mm -hmm. She does not she says it on the show she does not have a lot of dreams and she doesn't think that there is a place for that in an adult relationship where you're raising kids and you know dealing with life and Derek on the other hand is (laughs) described himself as a dreamer literally he wants to like 
write a song and like skydive and he write wants, a book. He wants to fulfill all of these passion projects and dreams that he has for himself and she just doesn't understand how that would fit in with the life of an adult with a family Mm -hmm. which i can understand i could understand but the way she did it was very like debbie downer oh for sure yeah and something about katie is that as the season goes on you find out that she's kind of a bitch very she's very like mean in moments when they were fighting she would just say some things that were low. She called him a loser in mm-hmm. their last fight. She was like, you're a, she said, a a loser weirdo. Yeah, she referred to him as a loser weirdo, her husband. Yes. And then it comes out in the reunion. Can we talk about that? Okay, yes, because okay. the entire season is, up, is, is done. So if you would like to binge watch, please do so. And then, you know, yeah, join so, us again. <laughs> at the reunion, you see, okay... At the end of the experiment, they decide to stay married. Mm-hmm. But then we find out at the reunion that two weeks after they made this decision, she confessed that she had an affair with her ex. With the loser ex. The same toxic ex from the beginning. So they're not together anymore. No. And I don't think she ever really wanted to, but I think she felt bad saying no at decision day mm-hmm. for me. Like, I think she quote unquote wanted to give it a try and so she was like let's move in together let's try to live life together but if two weeks into that you are then turning around and saying okay I'm gonna go sleep with my ex that and it's just gonna be a purely physical thing then like what is happening with your husband like yeah and mind you guys this is two normal life weeks this isn't two quarantine weeks i feel like two weeks in quarantine feels like a year so people might be in the mindset of like oh yeah two weeks later whatever she cheated on him but in like regular work life she was going to work every day seeing him every day they were on like a schedule two weeks later she cheats on him and it's just like that couldn't have been the first time no yeah i don't think so And I don't think she was ever really in the marriage the way she wanted to be. Yeah. And I, I just, I kind of wish that she would have just ended it from the beginning. I don't think Mm -hmm. she needed to drag him along for that kind of, of heartbreak. Mm -hmm. Um, because I do think that he was really in it for the right reasons and really wanted to make it work with her. Yeah. And it's just a real shame that she says now that she never felt any, any chemistry and she never felt like this was the relationship for her. Like if you felt that way and if you knew that, then why didn't you say that? Like bow out before someone gets hurt. She did like him in the beginning. I just think with her ex still in the picture, she couldn't give him an honest chance. Yeah. Yeah, which it's sad, but, you know, let's move on to another couple. Let's talk about a man that didn't give his girl an honest chance. Mindy and Zach. Mindy and Zach. (laughs) This is my favorite couple of the season. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, my favorite toxic couple. Okay. Because... They, the experts really did Zach wrong, in my opinion. The only reason these people were matched was because they were both athletic. Like, Mindy was a figure skater and Zach was a a personal trainer. trainer. But that was the only thing they had in common. These people did not match each other on any other level. No, like, Zach is, I mean, he's a, he's a good looking guy. He's hot. He's a personal trainer. He's, he's got a little Instagram following. And to me... Zach wants somebody with like substance that's real, but he wants a baddie. 
Yeah. And Mindy is a very pretty girl and she's lovely. Like Mm -hmm. she is, I can definitely see her like settling down with someone, someone being really happy with her and like. I can see why she wanted to do this, mm-hmm. but she is just not the guy, the girl for Zach. Like she wasn't. At all. Yeah, he wants a a little cutie that's gonna have her like gonna that's gonna be done up, has mm-hmm. a nice body, is sending him motivational quotes, yeah. who's going on hikes with him. He and someone I feel like younger as well. I think so too. Yeah, like Mindy was very. How do I describe this? She was already... She wouldn't wear heels. The way she would dress. Like, I could see how they didn't really match each other in that sense. She was a very low-key girl. Like, chill at home. And I feel like he needed a girl that's, like, more out there. That's, like, putting it on. Like, you know, she's dressed to the nines. She's got her lashes and her nails. And this might sound really, like, shallow. But you really do... I think with men, especially, you have to feed them physically yes you have to be their physical type because i feel like attraction physical attraction can build for women once they start to get to know a man yeah but for men it is definitely harder for them if you're not like what they're picturing in their head as attractive absolutely and i just don't think mindy ever did it for him and mm-hmm. like me personally like he's a high maintenance guy like yeah we saw him he was doing his hair he was dressed real cute he had on his little black fedora at the pool on their honeymoon and mindy was in a t-shirt and like not even cute shorts and he was on day two he was like are you gonna shower and she's like no i'm tired i'm going to sleep and it's like ma'am you just flew all the way to Panama, you've been on planes, you've been on buses, like... And this is your man. And this is now your new husband that you have known for two days, and you're on your honeymoon, and you can't even make the effort to shower. I feel like that was a real big turnoff for him, and it was a real big turnoff for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like a nasty person, so I can be... I can (laughs) see myself in that situation and being like, this dutty gal. (laughs) You know, but I mean, I feel like Mindy would be... Mindy is going to be great for someone. It just wasn't him. But at the end of the I, day... I agree. Yeah. I think I think the experts did them both wrong. I think they didn't really read between the lines of what Zach was saying he was looking for. And he wasn't fully transparent with his need to, for physical attraction and compatibility. And for Mindy, I just don't think they gave her a... a a man that was as dedicated to the process yeah. and as forthcoming as she was. Mm-hmm. Because the way that he treated their marriage was just really awful. He yeah. never moved into their house. Never moved in. He never really gave her a chance. They he was barely hung out. Distant. He was just uninterested and completely withdrawn mm-hmm. emotionally and physically. And there's just no way for you to build a successful marriage like that. And he didn't really give the experiment uh, a fair shot mm-hmm. because he couldn't he couldn't get off of the round. He couldn't go from zero to one, much less five or ten. Yeah, and then on top of that, we find out throughout the series that oh my God. he's talking to one of her best friends behind her back. You guys, he met her friend at the wedding on the honeymoon. They were DMing. By the time they got home, they were speaking every day on the phone. Bitch, you're shysty. Bitch, you're shysty. <laughs> to quote another queen from another reality show, bitch, you're shysty. Mm-hmm. How you gonna be 
DMing my new husband. Girl, if that was me, she would have no hair. Like, yeah. I would have ran up on her real fucking quick after learning that. Mm-hmm. Like, I... No, absolutely not. That is so not a friend. How low down are you? That I'm on national television trying to make a marriage work with this person. I've I've really put my life on the line here. Mm-hmm. Thrown my heart and soul into this. You come to the wedding, you meet my man, and then you're gonna D him on DM him on Instagram. And then start talking to him behind my back and then be all shysty with it when it comes nope. out. Oh, nope, hell nope, 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 no. Nope. Not, not for mm-mm. me. So naturally, they said no on decision day. And well, then, she ended it before decision day even came around. She yeah. told him, I think like two weeks earlier, she was like, I'm done here. This marriage is over. Mm-hmm. I'm not even a entertaining the idea of trying to make things work or seeing where this is going because you have just lied to me. I cannot trust you. And you you never really gave me a chance anyway. So what am I giving you a chance for? I was like very proud of her in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, you know, you deserve so much better. And like, no. Yeah. And then another piece of tea that I would like to touch on is that in the reunion, <laughs> we find out that Zach... And Katie, from from the other marriage, the other couple we just talked about, after filming ended, they went on a date. Yeah. Shystiness. Shystiness all around. Yeah. And all the women on this season, like, formed a really nice friendship. They all got Mm -hmm. matching tattoos. But, like, girl, you literally are going on a date because your marriage is over and my marriage is over? Like, no. Sick. Sick. (laughs) Hated it. Hate to see it. Those two marriages were a train wreck. But let's give these people some hope for the show because a really cute couple did actually come out of this season. And that is Jessica and Austin. The number one couple. My favorite couple. She was my favorite girl on the cast. Mm -hmm. And Austin, I liked him a lot. And I thought they were just perfectly matched and like really perfectly suited Mm -hmm. for each other they match each other physically Mm -hmm. they're both tall they're both like reasonably good looking but Mm -hmm. not overly like breathtaking Mm -hmm. i think they were attracted to each other they were they had physical compatibility from Mm -hmm. the very beginning like they were affectionate with each other yeah there was a level of comfort and they could joke with each other they're both kind of awkward both a little nerdy they had the same type of humor it was great they just flowed from the very beginning and Mm -hmm. i was like all here for it i thought jessica's like personality was so cute she's like mm-hmm. a real like down to earth like straight shooter very honest very upfront. i really liked her yeah um and i thought austin was like a really great match for her he was a little bit more on the low-key end and she was like a little bit more high energy but i think they complimented each other well like when they moved into their house you know they were cooking meals together and he would help with the dishes and mm-hmm. they just did things for one another that i just thought were just really nicely complimentary yeah and then their families got along together yeah they really intertwined their lives 
Jessica was a nurse. Austin was in tech sales. Yeah, tech sales. Yeah. And they did have some bumps with Austin traveling. He had just started that career. So mm-hmm. he kind of had to do the grunt work with traveling every week. But they really made it through. And when yeah. they were together, they made the best of their time. Mm-hmm. And they were just so cute and adorable together. Yeah. This couple was the epitome of a healthy relationship. Yes. Everyone else was super toxic. Yeah. Yeah. I think they talked about the things that they they had issues with and Mm -hmm. they were able to like face them head on. And um, I think Jessica for sure was looking for a lot of reassurance that Austin couldn't give her at the same pace that she wanted to give him and she Mm -hmm. was wanting to get from him. But I think that he handled it well. And in the end, they were able to come together and say like, you're the person for me I love you you love me and we have a good foundation here to like make this work and take it to the next level yes he said I love you on decision day that was just so cute I cried (laughs) I cried too it was such an adorable moment yeah he was just like I love you and of course I want to stay married to you and you're just everything I've been looking for I I thought they were just like so like well suited but I feel like for them, like, if they had run into each other at a bar, they both would have, like, wanted to talk to each other they and hit it off. off. Like, it wouldn't have been a stretch for that, those two, two people to meet. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love them. The experts did a good job with that couple, but we still have two more oh that are just a mess. We'll leave the best for last. Let's <laughs> talk about a very blah couple. Mika and Michael. Mika and Michael. Oh, my God. From the very Child. beginning, just... Oof. just they started off on the wrong foot to me Mm -hmm. um and for me even in the matchmaking special from the very beginning I was like I don't know if he has the emotional maturity to deal with this he had been adopted abandoned by his mother raised by his grandmother and aunt Mm -hmm. and I he never spoke about going to therapy and dealing with the 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 abandonment um, the issues like, yeah. that that come with that sort of like upbringing and life change from a very young age yes and he showcased these unresolved childhood traumas by lying repeatedly Le- yeah first episode him and Mika get into an argument because he told her friends you know, I'm not really that concerned about physical intimacy. We're going to go at her pace. Of course, these people are married at first sight, so it's going to take them a while to warm up to each other. They may not want to get physical right away. Perfectly normal. normal. And then on the honeymoon, he tells Mika, apparently, allegedly, supposedly, <laughs> that by the end of the honeymoon, if they didn't have sex, he didn't want to be with her. And then the next time they tried to have a follow-up conversation about it, he was like, I never said that. Mm -hmm. And she was like, okay, so now you're lying. Yes. And from there, it just spiraled. They never really could get to me on a good foot. Yeah. It was always, that's not what I said. That's what you said. That's not what I meant. Okay, so what did you mean? Mm -hmm. Let's try to get on the same page. We're not on the same page you're being weird, you're not engaging with me, I don't feel like you like me, I don't feel like I can be in... 
open with you. I don't feel like you're providing the space for me to be honest. Honey, it was honey, just a, honey. It was a lot. It was bad. The Okay, even if she didn't provide the space for him to be honest, I feel like that's bull because this man lied about his job. This man lied about how much money he made. This man said he was a yoga instructor, never taught yoga a day in his life. Like, we don't know what's real and what's fake with yeah. this man. And I feel so bad for Mika because I actually like her. Me too. I thought she was very mature in the way that she approached these conversations with him that were difficult. She faced things head on. Like, when she caught him in something, she was addressing it right there, right right then and there. Mm -hmm. And she, was, she wasn't mincing her words or playing mind ga games with him at all. And all she wanted was for him to be thoughtful and honest and just like straight up and upfront and he just could never do that and for never. me if you don't have honesty in a relationship what do you have mm -hmm. you you can't take someone's word at face value if they you can't trust anything they're saying yes so needless to say, that marriage did not last. They said no on decision day and the reunion wasn't that eventful for them. They're still just broken up and he needs to work on himself. Yeah, I think he has a lot of unresolved, unresolved issues from his childhood and he is just going about it. Just He needs therapy. He yeah. really needs therapy. A lot of y'all men could benefit from some therapy, baby. Baby. That's all I got to say about that one. For sure. <laughs> oh. Especially the last couple. Ay, Dios, Brandon. Brandon and Taylor. They both sucked. Oh, my God. This was, like, the worst couple that's ever been on the show. This mm -hmm. even is worse than, like, Davina and that white guy. <laughs> from oh, season two. No. Oh my god i thought nobody was worse than davina and then Hold taylor on. came along and started talking about her husband on instagram live like <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh you see taylor was supposed to be beauty and brain she's like a research student but she's also like a blogger and then she's like a brand ambassador for this liquor company she mm -hmm. had a lot going on we thought she was fun and fresh and cute until she wasn't mm -hmm. No emotional uh, maturity. maturity. She literally went on Instagram Live after her and Brandon got into a fight and said, I have the most minimum effing requirements for a man. He needs to be tall, have good sex game, not crazy, never been to jail. And Brandon, who suffers from anxiety, saw that and was like, not crazy. She's telling me that I'm crazy. Oh, I'm shutting down. This woman is not for me. She's so insensitive. I can't believe she would do that. And <laughs> they were just a mess. But Brandon. Brandon has issues. Like, yeah. what is his trauma? Like, he's got some seriously, un some serious unresolved issues yeah. that stem from a place that I don't even understand. He suffers from anxiety. And mm -hmm. I can understand that. But I have trouble, like, understanding just general anxiety that's not based around like a particular subject or mm -hmm. a, that's triggered by stress or something like that and I mean, it was filming is a high stress environment, environment of course but um also we know a bit about his background apparently his dad left him and his mom when he was younger maybe that's a bit of trauma maybe i don't know he just had so many issues he didn't like that she 
had had a, a Instagram following. Mm-hmm. He didn't see the the value in her putting time and effort into that. He I was mean, upset on their honeymoon because yeah. she was taking pictures, and it's like, is it that big of an issue? Like, I don't think it was that big of an issue. I think he had an idea of his in his head of what an influencer is like, kind of like a shallow viewpoint i feel like that's how he maybe saw her first impression Mm -hmm. and he just didn't change his mind yeah she didn't do a good job but from then on he was just always harping on the fact that she was prioritizing something else over him she was on her phone she was on the gram she was interested in other things Mm -hmm. he just could not get past that but i also don't think that he made it easy for himself in having that, like, okay, he had that issue with her, mm-hmm. but the issues that he, she had with him were much larger. Yes. He was violent. He was angry. He would get combative with production. He was yes. yelling. He was screaming. He was unpredictable in a way that, that even watching it made me uncomfortable. When you don't know what is going to set somebody off and any little thing can spark a violent aggressive outburst that person is just completely unpredictable and you don't know where you stand in their life and what they are going on with yeah brandon's biggest issue was his issue with production i don't think there is an episode where he wasn't complaining um about production the entire team fighting with the team getting violent at certain points and you know it was just a horrible situation but they decided not to continue with their marriage either and then we find out at the reunion that they both have restraining orders against each other um and they had both gotten arrested yes after an, an altercation yeah. at a bar mm-hmm. and the epitome of toxic yeah just so toxic they yeah. ran into each other at a bar when mm-hmm. Taylor was with her new boyfriend mm-hmm. after they had decided to that they were splitting up. Mm-hmm. And she moved on quick too, honey. Yeah. That marriage meant nothing to her. Well, she was not really in it after mm-hmm. that. After the honeymoon, really. I don't yeah. think she was ever really in it after that because that one blow up altercation with production and him, mm-hmm. she was completely turned off and it was, it never really got going after that. And they never lived together either. Well, well for a little bit, yeah. briefly. And then she then she stayed out all night with her friends. And I, another issue, this girl. <laughs> and, you know, he was like, what the hell is this? Like, I'm leaving. I understand his side of things, but I understand her also. Like, yeah. I would not stay with somebody who has, like, aggressive outbursts like that Mm -hmm. i'm really sensitive about like people yelling people screaming and and violence and you just never know if you're gonna be on the receiving end of that and that's just not something i play with yeah they both sucked but the violent and aggressiveness came out on this one drunken night after filming had ended taylor Mm -hmm. was with her new boyfriend they saw brandon we don't know exactly what happened allegedly There was picture-taking, harassment, somebody followed somebody, and they both got arrested. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, you know, they both have restraining orders against each other now, and hopefully they can both move on with their lives, but that is just, like, the peak of what you don't want to happen with this experiment. Yeah, they were just so ill-suited for one another, Mm -hmm. but you, from the beginning, like, you thought they were, they, I thought they were going to be one of the strongest couples. I I thought thought they were well-matched, but their personalities just completely clashed, and it goes to show like you can have everything on paper that seems like it's going to match up and it really comes down to compatibility and chemistry and all those other things that are just you can't assess for how about it goes down to the vibe yeah like what's the vibe (laughs) like Like, his vibes were off her vibes were off mm -hmm. they were just awful yeah but you know it happens it does especially with the show you never know if that perfect match for you on paper is really going to be a perfect match in real life. And I'm glad that that show kind of shows us that. Yeah, I love the show because it you really do work in reverse. You, mm-hmm. you get the big thing that everyone's working up to out of the way. And then you see, you look at the person and you really try to get to know them on a real level, on a level that's much deeper than you would if you were just dating mm-hmm. or just like leading up to an engagement. Yeah. And you try to cut through the crap of what people put on and get to see like, is this the person for my future? Is this the person that I can have kids with? Do they even want kids? Do they want the same kind of future that I want? And and you're allowing yourself to grow into love grow (laughs) into love that is a quote that one of the experts always says always says and i just love that quote i love this show the season was super fun and fresh five stars 10 out of 10 i really loved this season let us know if you guys liked it as well if you watched it if you're gonna binge it like mm-hmm. it's amazing and also the reunion this year it was two hours mm-hmm. it's usually only one and the host was so on fire like shout out to kevin you shout get an emmy out to kevin i think it's kevin parker i don't know his last name but kevin yeah. you did a great job you were you asked all the tough questions and you didn't let anyone off the hook all these people that had these really just toxic moments you really called them on it and i appreciated you greatly okay is it time for tea it is time for tea so let's get into the tea oh my god so (laughs) what we want to talk about is what you know it's been a trending topic Mm -hmm. on the twitter yes (laughs) and that is ellen's the devil Ellen is supposedly (laughs) a raging dragon, and we all thought she was America's sweetheart. I know. The the threads about her are, like, really crazy. And I think it's funny that it's coming out now. I feel like it's been brewing for a while, Mm -hmm. but to see it all come out now during quarantine is just funny because she's, like, stuck in her house, and she did that episode special episode from home and it just like wasn't funny and people were like (laughs) you're complaining about being home like you have no kids you're in this giant house like just chill girl yeah just vibe and then it came out that her writers and her staff have you know haven't had any sort of direction they don't really know what's gonna go happen with their show happen with their salaries and she's not really being the leader that we all, I guess, think she is Mm -hmm. in this situation of COVID-19, but she's like on YouTube making clips. So 
you know, if you guys are not aware of the situation happening with Ellen, it came out a few weeks ago on Twitter. Um, well, basically, this guy tweeted, give me your worst Ellen story, because apparently there is a running joke in Hollywood that Ellen is actually really mean, and everyone in LA has an Ellen story of her being super mean to them. Yes. So... The comments are flooded with people giving their Ellen stories. One girl was like, I was her waiter at a restaurant one time and she called my manager and demanded to have me fired because my nail polish was chipped. Someone else was like, I went on the show and production was super mean to me. She was really mean to me in the breaks. Like, apparently she's just super mean to her staff and everyone and everything high, on the show is an act. It's a high stress situation. It's a, a high... It, it's a hostile work environment. Hostile work. That's exactly <laughs> what I was looking for. It's yes. a hostile work environment and, you know, it, apparently she's really crazy. And you know what's funny? I heard about this maybe three or four years ago at a birthday party. I have a friend that her fiance did security for her a couple times, worked security for her a couple times. And he told us all at this birthday party that I had that she is like a complete lunatic. She screams at everyone. She's so mean, so bitchy. He literally described her as like the biggest bitch in the world. Like she is not nice. It is all an act. And she is the fakest faker ever, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to say I'm not that surprised because I feel like sometimes the dynamic between her and her guests on the show, like even before I heard about this tea, sometimes I would watch it and be like, why does she seem so fake? Why does she seem so like off? And at first I thought maybe she's just having a weird day. Maybe she's tired. But it's genuinely because apparently she doesn't like any of her guests. And when you compare her to other talk shows like Fallon or Kimmel, they always seem to establish rapport with their guests. And you can tell that the guests are comfortable. None of Ellen's guests ever seem comfortable. Well, she's always trying to scare them. Well, that too. <laughs> and you know what? Let's, let's psychoanalyze this a little bit. People, adults who like to play practical jokes and scare people are like not well. In my opinion. I agree. Like, I, I've i always thought it was weird that she wanted to scare people. Like, I yeah. don't, like, I personally don't like being scared. I don't watch scary movies. I don't like anything that's too suspenseful. I just think it's, like, it's not a nice sensation for me. And mm-hmm. so I don't understand her obsession with trying to scare people. Mm-hmm. I get that she thinks it's funny, but. It's not funny it's to not. see someone in fear, though. Right. And they're caught off guard. Now they're on edge. It just puts them in the wrong headspace for like an open and ominous conversation and a a fun experience on a talk show. It doesn't make sense now that you think about it. So I actually think this piece of tea might be true. (laughs) I, when I heard from my friend's fiance that she was crazy, basically... I was like, wow, it actually made me like her a little bit more because, (laughs) I mean, I have a soft spot for people that are a little bitchy. Like, it's just like a weird thing. Oh my god! And so I was like, oh, really? Like, she's actually not as nice as she she claims to be? Like, I kind of like that. Like, I like that she'd be like, you know, probably like rolling her eyes behind like all the corny shit that she has to say. Um, But the fact that it's like, 
toxic and hostile is like a little it, it borders on crazy and you're just you have to wonder like why anyone scarring their employees like like what are you what are you doing you don't get a free pass just because you're a woman yeah you really don't and i feel like that's the thing when you think like oh bitchy boss like bitchy woman it's like ah oh, all right like devil wears prada miranda priestly like suck it up but if it was a man talk show host like with these allegations we he would be canceled I agree. You know? I think I think it is a little weird that there would even be a running joke about it. Right? And it not come out sooner. Like, how was she getting away with this? Yeah. And, like, if the work environment is really that toxic, like, is there no one checking this? Is there no HR department? Like, what's what happens in Hollywood when, when this goes down? We don't know. You know? Hollywood HR is probably not a thing because look at everything that happened with Weinstein and all the other movie people and all the music people that apparently like abuse their employees, you know, it's a weird place. But even like regular HR, like I know my HR at my old job sucked and they would like not help the employees. So it all just depends. I guess. I don't know. I think these allegations are true, but y'all that are you know, spilling tea about Oprah need to shut your mouth. I mean, I, we mentioned it, I think, last episode. Yeah. The internet is, like, really trying to come for Oprah. And I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. Like, (laughs) I'm really not. They're trying to, like, paint her as this, like, person that has, like, propped up problematic white people and has tried (laughs) to tear down the black community. And... Yes. I, I... Excuse me? I really think the good sis Oprah did not know that, you know, she was wrong at the time when she, for example, did an interview with the girl that accused um, the Central Park Five. The Central Park Five. I agree. I think there was moments in her career that she would look back on, and and with with hi- with hindsight being twenty twenty. Like, of course you look back on that and you're like, wow, I was I was on the wrong side of history. But yeah. I, I don't think she is above admitting that or realizing that. Mm-hmm. I just don't think she's going to do it on Twitter for people that are, like, trying to come for her. I don't think yes. she needs to do that. Mm-hmm. And not everything needs to be addressed. Like, she's taking a, a, a page out of Beyonce's book. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not going to answer for every single thing that the internet is now upset about. Yes, and for those of you who also don't know about the Oprah situation, there are rumors circling around the internet that say basically just a lot of conspiracy theories like, oh, she was real close with Harvey Weinstein. She probably knew everything he was doing. Mm -hmm. She was in the crew with like Epstein Epstein and stuff like that. Like some shady stuff. Basically, she has covered up like certain aspects of her, of people's misdoings wrongdoings Mm -hmm. for her advancement and i just don't see the good sis oprah doing that and y'all trying to come for her just stop i know and then last week with everything that dr oz dr drew and dr phil were saying i mean they are just like on the wrong side of history right now Mm -hmm. they are really propping up all of these like really bad opinions on 
how COVID-19 should be handled and that the economy should open back up and that we should all go back to work. And, you know, losing one to 2% of the population isn't that bad. And they're on national TV, like saying this over and over again. And yes, they got their start with Oprah. Yeah, everyone on Twitter is like, Oprah props up these (laughs) fake doctors that are spewing misinformation now. And I just don't think like, it's Oprah's, Oprah's it's Oprah's fault. Like, yeah. let's keep it where it is. Like, let's talk about Dr. Phil. Let's talk about Dr. Drew. Let's talk about Dr. Oz. Mm-hmm. But what does Oprah have to do with Leave this? Leave her out of <laughs> it. Leave her out of this. I, I mean, I'm very proud of how she's responding to this. Mum's the word. Yes. Don't say anything about it. These people are just uh, conspiracy theorists. I agree. I I don't think she should address anything. I don't think she will, but I just don't. I wouldn't even agree with her if she did. Like, I'd be like, sis, why are you even bothering? (laughs) (laughs) But let us know what you guys think about these pieces of tea. What do you think about Ellen? What do you think about Oprah? Um, But don't tell us anything bad about Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. No, definitely not. I don't even want to hear it. (laughs) But yeah, let us know over on our Instagram at the TVNT podcast. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and follow us. And that's it for today's show. You can follow our personal Instagrams as well. Mine is XO Adriana Alicia. And mine is Selena Stan with two N's. We are super excited to see you guys over there. And then also don't forget to subscribe to us, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts eventually hopefully (laughs) yes soon (laughs) and leave us a rating and review very nice things only nice things only nice okay peace and love peace and positivity (laughs) (laughs) we will see you next week for another episode of the tv and t podcast bye guys bye